Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We had a big game last night. You know, I love the Super Bowl, but it's always kind of bittersweet for me because that means no more NFL football for six months. Well, Michael Tillery, he's our sports guy. He's written for Anscape, Sportskeeda, and so many other publications. He's here to break down exactly what happened last night. Well, the first question is, what happened to the 49ers, Michael? It seemed like uh, they were poised to take this opportunity, but the mighty Patrick Mahomes snatched it away from him at the last <laughs> minute. Well, it's, it's, it's funny with the Chiefs, you know, teams get scared and start running the ball. You know, Chris McCaffrey, you know, I think he had 100, 160 total yards, 80 passing and receiving. You know, he was kind of gassing, you know, the Chiefs early on. And it seemed like they just went away from that. And I can't understand it. The same thing Baltimore did and also Buffalo did you know, in the previous two playoff games. You know, it, it's very interesting how teams just get so shook. But Andy Reid always makes adjustments. And of course, you know, it's, of course, the, the Chiefs won 25-22 in overtime. But as you were saying, Michael, it didn't seem like, although San Francisco's defense definitely came to play, it just didn't seem like they could get uh, a, a real offense going yeah, it, it, it was that. And also, you know, teams have been failing all season long to put Patrick Mahomes on the ground. And Patrick Mahomes talked about it yesterday. It seems like when, when, his, when his team gets down by these 10 points, it wakes them up. They need to have that early adversity you know, to, to, to regain their focus. And this is this team just executes in the moment, no matter who the players are, you know, Pacheco, how he runs hard, you know, he catches out of backfield, you know, the rookie Rice, you know, having a, a decent game, you know, um, scandling, you know, for, for him to, you know, reemerge, you know, in, in these pivotal moments, you know, it, it just seemed like the, the, the Chiefs were going to win the game anyway. They just gave the San Francisco 49ers a head start and like, okay, <laughs> let's play ball now and, and, and win another Super Bowl. But this is incredible what they're doing here. You know, and, and I also want Eagles fans to stop saying, well, a lot of not Eagles fans are saying that, you know, Jeffrey Lurie was dumb for firing Andy Reid. That was not the case. It's devoid of context. There was so much going on with the Eagles at the time, specifically with Andy Reid's sons. You know, it was hard for him to have total focus on his team when he was having this mortality going on in his own household. You know, he went over to Kansas City. He he drafted his quarterback, you know, in, in this kind of same frame as Donovan McNabb is a multi-versatile guy with a big arm. And Patrick Mahomes just took his career to the next level. And he's a three-time, you know, Super Bowl winner. You know, he is now one of one of five coaches who have done that. His legacy is 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 set in stone. Well, I think the saddest part for Eagles fans is that uh, the Chiefs won this Super Bowl with the exact same regular season record that the Eagles had and also 
losing five of eight games down the stretch, but it just appears when the Chiefs, when it is time to put the, 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 when it's really time to show up, they figure out, even in the midst of adversity, how to come together. And that's something that the Eagles could not do during this season because really they weren't that different during the year. It's just that it seems as though the Chiefs peaked at the right time. And you saw that in the game last night. I mean, honestly, it was kind of a snooze fest for most of the game until we got to the overtime period. And that's also when it seems like San Francisco decided to show up with their stars like Christian McCaffrey and others. George Kittle was a non-factor. And also, I thought it was interesting that even on the Kansas City Chiefs side, Travis Kelsey wasn't much of a factor in the game. I mean, he did, have, he did have nine for, for 93 yards. But, yeah, this seemed like they were just opportune type of, you know, opportunities for him to you know, catch the ball and, and maybe move the sticks a little bit or get closer to com- first down conversions. Um, this is this is, is something because I, I've covered games in Arrowhead. Arrowhead is one of the best home court advantages you will ever see. In terms of the media, though, there, it, it, like when you ask a question and there is a pause, and I'm looking around like, why, why is everybody pausing? How come nobody's jumping in with a question as we do here in Philadelphia, regardless of what team you're covering? It, everything's just so snap, snap, snap. They do not have the media pressure that the Eagles have here. You know, we all, we've talked about it all season long. You know, we, we're not going to, Totally blame the media for the Eagles' demise, but the fact that the the questions were were coming, 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 and, and were relentless and, and never you know gave up, you know, this is something that the Eagles also had to face in terms of adversity. Now, I guess we're going to talk about Hassan Reddick, you know, re- requesting a trade. You know, yeah, and the, and the Eagles saying that's okay. And you know, before we get into Hassan Reddick, one of the things I wanted to say was that Britton Covey said basically that some of that toxic uh, Philadelphia media talk really did get into the players' heads. He said that in an interview uh, during the Super Bowl. But uh, also, before we get into Hassan. Is Patrick Mahomes the all-time great? It seems like a lot of recency bias when Tom Brady still is got to be the top of the quarterback uh, chain still to this day. I think Patrick certainly is a great one that we're seeing in real time. But, I mean, are we ready to make him the best ever at this point? No. he. I mean, he. Tom Brady basically has doubled what he has done. You know, which is an incredible feat. Now, Patrick Mahomes is, is young. You know, he's 28 years old. He's done things, you know, that no other quarterback has done up until this point of his career. You know, three Super Bowl champions, two MVPs, you know, the, the, the names that he's involved with in, in, in that state across sports is pretty incredible historically. So he's doing things to setting himself up for an amazing trajectory, but he does have a lot of competition in terms of quarterbacks in his own conference. You know, a, a lot of the teams were, you know, either injured or quarterbacks injured or what's going on. So it, I'm not going to say he had an easy way. He did have to go through Baltimore and MVP and Lamar Jackson, but he's beaten the teams that he has to. It's like the, the, the Yankees of the 2000s. Mm. They, it, sometimes in the regular season, you know, they might have some, some pitfalls here and there or, 
a lack of interest and were able to turn it on and win the World Series. That seems to be what's going on with the Chiefs. The regular season almost becomes boring to them. You know, I, I guess they have a bunch of shoulder chips. I call them chips on the shoulder because, you know, Eagles went into there and beat them. That might have snapped them awake in terms of, you know, the, the team that they beat in the Super Bowl came into their house and beat them. You know, they lost a, a tough game to the Raiders that also seemed to be an example and a reason to regain focus. You know, I talked about earlier how this team was missing Eric Bieniemy. You know, and they found a way to win the Super Bowl without the guy who was helping Andy Reid basically structure the offense, you know, along the time of this dynasty. You can call it a dynasty now. They are dynastic. And it's just what it is. Well, maybe this not maybe not totally without Eric Bieniemy because Eric Bieniemy apparently came out and gave them a pep talk before the AFC championship game. So very interesting that that came out and was revealed. So he was in the mix somewhere. But I think dynastic is absolutely right. The NFL's first back-to-back Super Bowl champ since the 2004-2005 New England Patriots and Patrick Mahomes remains undefeated at Allegiant Stadium. Hmm. And that's crazy. The biggest, their biggest rival is the Raiders, you know. So Los Angeles has to do something to, you know, kind of knock that off the the narrative, you know. But yeah, it, it, the Chiefs are a great team. We are witnessing right now the greatness of a player, a team, and a coach. You know, we are in the midst of seeing the next great legacy player that all quarterbacks will be judged upon. And what happens next with this uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers and Purdy? I mean, I feel like Cam Newton was right. He said he was a game manager. And when the rest of the players didn't show up that he usually can rely on, he was kind of mediocre last night. Yeah. I mean, he, he, again, he we talked about it all season long. He has a lit- litany of resources to be able to, to spread the ball around to. Um, you know, and we saw even with Connolly and, and Juwan Jennings, you know, he has incredible resources, not just an average team. You know, I, I'm not as critical as I usually would have been for Brock Purdy because, you know, he had a, he had a decent game. You know, he was 23 or 38, 255 yards. He had one touchdown. You know, he has some decent runs to kind of evade the rush and, and scrambling. I thought he played relatively well, but again, when Debo went out for a little bit, there was a little bit lax there, and I think they didn't recover from that. Debo Samuel seems to be the MVP of the team, regardless of Christian McCaffrey's success. But definitely, I think, game manager. Uh, I think that Cam Newton was right about that. So when he didn't have those pieces to manage, he faltered a little bit. And of course, being a you know really kind of a rookie to well, a rookie to the Super Bowl at least, I think that uh, this is a, a maybe a lack of experience and that he will come back stronger. But is he the quarterback for the future for the 49ers? I mean, that just remains to be seen. Because it seems like they can just plug and play. They plug and play. You know, many quarterbacks along you know this these Super Bowl runs that they have, and they haven't won the Super Bowl since 1994. They've you know, kind of lost the last three, you know, but, the, you know, this team is, is it, I guess the team goes by uh, Shanahan's play calling. Like, he made some great play calling calls yesterday, you know, on the the the, 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 quarter, the halfback pass, you know, uh, to McCaffrey for, for a touchdown. Um, you know, he, 
he calls a lot of misdirection that kind of throws defenses off and kind of max, you know, Brock Purdy's relative inexperience by, by his play calling. So, you know, it remains to be seen. They seem to love Brock Purdy, but, you know, somebody else could be there next year. You never know. Well, he's also still on a, a very cheap contract for a starting NFL quarterback, so he probably has a good chance to play through uh, any rookie, rookie-like errors and mistakes and develop further as a quarterback for the 49ers for at least the immediate future. Now, we referenced Hassan Reddick. The the Eagles have given uh, him permission to seek a trade. And it's like, well, what? Uh, shouldn't he be one of the people that they're trying to keep considering? He seemed to be one of the more effective players on the Eagles last season. Well, you know, if, if you look across Howie Roseman's career here as players you know, approach the age of 30, they become expendable to him. You know, whether it's Jeremiah Trotter or Hassan Reddick. You know, these, I I think that this is the biggest weakness with Howie Roseman as he just goes by a template. Regardless of the effectiveness of that player, you know, Hassan Reddick has had four seasons of double-digit sacks. Mm. You know, outplayed this contract. Three years, $45 million. You know, th- this is a guy who should be making a lot more, and he will if he gets traded to another team. There are going to be all kinds of playoff teams or playoff caliber teams that will want his services and will come for him. You know, if the Eagles want to, you know, uh, supplant him with a bunch of young talent that they can acquire – you know, in his stead, then okay, because that's what Howie usually does. But the, the, the fabric of this team, the locker room of this team continues to be ripped apart. And it's very hard for a, a team, especially when they almost, you know, got to the pinnacle, mm. you know, to be able to survive, you know, losses in a locker room of this caliber. You know, obviously we talked about, you know, Fletcher Cox and, um, you know, Jason Kelsey and, and and Brandon Graham, you know, being guys who would be considering retirement in any other situation. I hope that those fellas are looking at this team and, and are going to be kind of hard and say, let's let, let's play one more year so this team doesn't totally fall apart. Yeah, this that seems like a head scratching move to me. And I think that we need to look at Howie Roseman as uh, sure he put together the team that won the Super Bowl. But uh, since he may have to change tactics because the league is changing. As you said, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs who really had some of the same similar issues. They had the same record as the Eagles, and yet they were able to go ahead and win a Super Bowl while the Eagles imploded. Now, Kyle Lowry, he's heading to the 76ers for the rest of the season uh, in the absence of Joel Embiid. Uh, is he going to be able to help the team? So Kyle is, is a dude of mine. You know, I've, I've, I've spoken to him since Villanova, um, he has that dog. My problem with this whole thing is they should have went after him three years ago when he was a lot more effective. Now, if you're bringing Kyle Lowry onto a team that has Joel Embiid and you bring him as that second team point guard, you know, defensively, he's going to help you out. You know, his leadership on the floor, he talks to players all the time. He is an extended leader. You know, he and what I mean by that is just not just a leadership, but the the 
the intricacies, you know, the intangibles. That's what that's what North Philly brings for Kyle Lowry. Right. You know, and I, I was I've been screaming to the Sixers to go get him three like I said three four years ago. What Philadelphia seems to do, especially on a basketball front, is acquiring older guys where they're less effective. I don't know what Kyle Lowry's value is going to be to a team that's going to be strictly offensive. You know, we brought in Cameron Payne and and Buddy Hill, you know, to score points. You know, you lost a lot of toughness in, 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 in Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris, you know. So I guess they're trying to regain that dog with bringing in a guy who will make his team and hold his team accountable. You know, when he's out there on the floor in the locker room, there's a there, he's a great locker room guy, but I just there, don't know if he has enough left. And there really is no way to replace uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, he was on a tear. And unfortunately, uh, until if he's able to return, it seems like the Sixers' future is uh, a little up in the air, even with the addition of Kyle Lowry. Just want to quickly say that Caitlin Cuckle. Caitlin Clark, the women's college basketball player from Iowa. She has a chance to make history on Thursday night when they host Michigan. Uh, She will be well on her way. I think she is eight points away from breaking the record for the all-time women's scoring uh, scorer in college basketball. She will break Washington, former Washington guard Kelsey Plum, who's now with the Las Vegas Aces. She has a chance and probably will break that record on Thursday night. And want to say, uh, issue our condolences to the family, friends, loved ones, and the uh, running community, Kelvin Kiptum. He is the Kenyan Marathon world record holder. He was killed along with his coach in a car crash on Sunday. So 24 years old, just broke the world record in the marathon in the Chicago Marathon. It was just ratified last week, that record. And unfortunately and sadly, he has passed away. Kenyan President William Ruto said in a statement, he was only 24. Kiptum was our future. Michael mm-hmm. Tillery, Thank you so much for being with us, as always, on Reality Check. And we will be back next week with what I'm sure will be an interesting NFL offseason. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's hope the Eagles can take some lessons from their victory and uh, have a better outcome next year. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 